0: You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast a vision where it had not yet landed. You were not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. We are going to be doing a third road report. Uh, And this road report's a little unique in the fact that I'm actually not on the road. Uh, I am in Minneapolis, um, but the tour is carrying on, and it's carrying on in a very unique way. Um, But on the other end, we have Mike and we have David. Uh, So tell us briefly, without getting into too much detail, where you are, who you are, and what you're doing. Well,
1: we are now in Istanbul and this is the last of the two concerts that we'll be doing. I think it'll be 14 and 15. Yeah. Is it?
2: 15 and 16.
1: 15 and 16. And uh it's been really amazing. So you, so you said not to get too detailed yet, so I won't.
0: Well, well I don't want to get too detailed because you always want to do a random story and then it's kind of this awkward like false sure. start. So uh despite maybe people's expectations and or predictions we do have mike back mike since i kind of shanked explaining who you who you are how about you uh introduce yourself briefly again and then we'll go on to the random story and hopefully on to something productive yes
2: well i'm mike um i've been playing keys with no longer music for this tour this is my first tour with them and it's just been awesome and uh we're just loving loving it here in istanbul
0: cool sweet so uh david uh how about you uh, grace us with one of your random stories, and then we will go on to the road report. David's random story.
1: So anyway, I just finished a tour. It wasn't this one. It was a, it was a few years back, and so we were in Croatia, and I was with Jody. You know, Jody's my wife. For those of you that don't know, and so we're walking around in uh, Dubrovnik, and all these people are like looking at me, and I thought. Because we had done some shows in Croatia. And I thought, Well, they must be looking at me because they were at one of our shows. And so I was feeling kind of cool and I thought, Yeah, you know, maybe they'll want my autograph and everyone's just looking at me and I'm going, Jody, you notice all these people are looking at me and she's going, Yeah, it's it's weird. They maybe they're at one of the shows. And so I'm walking down the road, and then all of a sudden, uh Jody stopped and she said you have a giant moth on your back. And there was like this big giant moth that landed on my back and was attached there. <laughs> and so that's why everyone was staring at me. <laughs> Wait, hold on.
0: There's a hole in this story, what? though, if I'm just going to play the role of the investigator uh-huh. for a moment. how if, if you had a moth on your back, uh-huh. how are you noticing people looking at you? Because wouldn't they be noticing only from behind or once they passed you? You know, maybe
1: they did see me and maybe I was famous. (laughs) How would you know? Maybe the moth was famous. Yeah, that's true. But I I have to. I was also having a conversation with Jody about if I had any friends because I felt like I didn't really have that many. Is this part two? And then then she said, Well, what about the moth? He he liked you.
0: Wait, and when you say giant moth, I mean, I don't want to get like, you know, too biological here but how how yeah. giant is a giant moth because i think everyone's going to be like
1: because my head oh.
0: instantly went to like three feet
1: no we're talking about a supernatural size moth so four feet i mean this moth looked like he could go like he was a kite like a kite surfing you could kite surf with him which
0: so in theory that might have been what you were doing were you like noticing some lift
1: no but i did notice that the back <laughs> of my shirt was warmer
0: <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So the I still wonder whether any of this is no, true. No, it's all but, true. You know, hopefully it's entertaining. I had a I'm giant
1: moth. moth on my okay. back.
0: And people were staring at you from the front with the moth on your back. Okay, well, there you have it. That is David's random story. Is it true? Is it false? We'll leave that for you to decide. David's random story. Uh, in either event... Uh, what is super cool and definitely true is that uh, the No Longer Music Tour continues as we speak. Um, there is one night left, which means two shows. Uh, and you might be wondering, how does uh, a band do two shows in one night? Well, actually, that's not such a weird phenomenon. But in our case, it is um, because we have a very big setup. Um, usually it takes you know several hours to set up, several hours to pack down. And it's certainly not something you can do multiple times in a night. And so uh, what makes this tour of Turkey unique, and I'll, I'll set up a little bit of the context and then I'll let the guys actually spl- explain since they're the ones that are there. Um, but we have been going to the Middle East, um, and, and again, some would you know question whether Turkey is the Middle East, but we've been going to the Muslim-speaking world or Muslim, sorry, Muslim world uh, for many years now. In fact, about seven years, uh, eight years or so. We, we actually have a documentary that we're going to be releasing soon uh, about just how uh, no longer music even got to go there. You know, there's a lot of I think misconceptions in people's minds about the Muslim world. Um, I think when you tell an average Western uh, Christian or or maybe non-Christian, you know, wh- you know what is the what is the Middle East like? Uh, what is the Muslim world like? I think a lot of people have these extreme views, um, and certainly from a Christian perspective, I think there's this perspe- this idea that there's no way you can be clear uh, with the gospel in a place like this. And so, like I said, this documentary is coming out on the 26th of September. Uh, it'll be on all of our social media, Steiger specifically, and Common and Live as well. Um, so you can check that out. Um, but, but the thing that we have found is, is that while the Middle East and, and while Turkey and, and other places in the Muslim world are definitely a challenge and, and definitely hard, they are, they are reachable. Um, um, and, and And just to speak to that, what, what happened is um, we were planning on going to Turkey with our full thing, uh, our full show, um, but it just wasn't possible. And David, maybe you can give a little context as to why we didn't end up going with our full show and why, in fact, we're able to play two shows in a night. Well,
1: there's now a state of emergency in Turkey, which is just a step down from martial law. And that became a, uh, because of an attempted coup last summer in the country. And so because of that, the president has declared this state of emergency. And so that means that you can't legally do any kinds of outdoor events because they're afraid of another coup. And so that made it impossible for us to come in and do our big show. But we were really praying about this, and we felt like, no, we have to go. And so we decided that we would come in and do street shows, which is a stripped-down version of the big show, so that we can come in without permission and do these kind of ninja shows and pray that the police don't shut us down or that we don't get in trouble. And so that's how we came in. Yeah. that I mean, again, you say that, and you can almost, like, if
0: someone's listening, they can almost brush over how crazy that is. I mean, you have to put yourself into this context i mean you guys are literally and and i i did this a few years ago um where we had a show shut down um and at least from my perspective that's kind of when the whole idea that this is possible started like first started is that we had a show shut down um in this beach town and then we decided, well, we don't want to waste the opportunity. We're in this city. People need to hear about Jesus. And so we just rocked up to this park, set up. All these people came. People gave their lives to Jesus. And we kind of, in in a sense, discovered that the impossible is possible. Mm -hmm. But that, that doesn't make it any less crazy. I mean, you guys are literally in these, you know, Turkey is a... You know, for being a Muslim country and and people, you know, historically, at least recently, it's a secular country, but it's very much Muslim. I mean, it's there are literally a couple of thousand Christians in a country that has around 80 million people. And you're setting up in these sophisticated cities with no permission. And you're just putting on this show and preaching clearly. uh, And that's. Pretty crazy, Mike, how about can you explain a little bit from your perspective? I mean, I know you 've been to Turkey before, but definitely not under these yeah. circumstances. What did you kind of expect doing something like this, and how is your rea- how do you feel like the reaction has been, even just from a what what is yeah. this like what how have people received what you guys are doing? Yeah
2: well, um, definitely, when I came in, I had the perspective that I'd say most uh, Western people do that you know this is a Muslim country. Um, people are going to be really turned off probably as soon as we start talking about Jesus. Um, and that's just simply not the case. Um, we've actually had more people at our shows that are very open um, and they they like the message and they want to know more about Jesus. And really, it's, it's the very small, uh, maybe one, two, three people that are upset that— usually cause, cause trouble. Um, but what we're seeing, what I'm seeing is a lot of young people who are fed up with just the system. Like, man, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't believe just because I'm, I'm from Turkey does not make me Muslim. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so they're like, I'm tired of just living this, the same way, hearing the same rules and it doesn't do anything for me. Um, so a lot of people we're talking to are like, they're open, and they want to talk. They want to know about Jesus.
1: I would say they're, they're not right. different than people we talk to in Europe and other parts of yeah, Europe. Absolutely. Most of them actually say that they're atheists. Mm-hmm. So it's a normal thing, and they'll say, well, I'm an atheist. But when I hear this message that we portray in our music and, and theatrical thing that we do on the street— they're saying I like I like what's happening here. I want this, and uh, right. it's, they're by far by far the majority of the of the audience of the crowds that we've been in front of, and we've been in front of nearly four thousand people so far. So it's really amazing. But that, at,
0: and then at this, but at the same time, that doesn't discount that it it hasn't been without some opposition. Yeah, well, talk so do you want to maybe talk happened.
1: a little bit about what kind of opposition? Well, you've okay, experienced? last night. We were playing in a city called uh, Silvery. Am I saying that correct? Anyway, so we pull up into this Muslim seaside town. I don't know if there is any foreigners there. Didn't seem like it. Without permission, it's really crazy. You just pull into town, and we see this main square. So we just start bringing all of our gear there, our little PA, all of our stuff, and then these police come. And we say, hey, we want to do this. We're from all over the world. And, like, there's no way they should allow us to do it. I mean, there's a state of emergency. This is all illegal. And they go, yeah, sure. You know, maybe it could be an advertisement for the city. And they take photos with us. And they take, yeah, yeah, they take pictures with us. (laughs) And so
2: it's crazy. crazy. (laughs) It's a
1: miracle. And so we set up, all these people come, and then. I just could feel the Holy Spirit fall on everyone. And at the end, when I was explaining more clearly what they had seen, because in our show, we show a very clear depiction of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And and we talk about the story between a a guy and a girl and how how this guy abuses her and, and how the father comes and rescues her. And anyway, it's a very strong story. And people were so into it. And then I explained to them that, This is how God is, too, and this is how Jesus feels about us. And to say Jesus in this context, in in this Muslim town, is a big deal. And almost everyone raised their hand, including a policeman, and said, I want to know Jesus. I'm looking around at this circle of people all around us, and all of them are raising their hand, including a policeman who is in tears. And afterwards, the police said, can we have five DVDs uh, that explain more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus? But then soon after that, these undercover policemen came, or this one undercover policeman. He's really angry, telling us we have to leave immediately. Uh, This Muslim or this older guy was saying, this is a Muslim country. You can't do this while the local police are apologizing to us. And then we had to kind of not escape but we had to hide uh, we had to go to our van and then drive a back road to get to the highway because the undercover police guys were looking for us after the show. Yeah. So it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and you've had you've had shows mm-hmm. shut down um several nights. You've had, you know, people kind of stirring things up and and being angry and 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 hostile and you know, I don't know. I it, what strikes me as as we're talking about this is I mean, again, I'm I'm not entirely from the outside looking in, but it is a unique place for me to be in in the sense that I'm not a part of it uh physically at the moment. But man, it's just I feel like people would it, you look at what you guys are doing and it just doesn't seem like it should be possible. And and it it doesn't seem possible because you can I think you can detach from it like your own context. You can think Oh, that's great! That's so crazy! That's over there, but it really is not, in a sense, all that different than going into your own city, yeah. you know, wherever you're, wherever you live, and essentially just setting things up, just just rolling out of a van, setting things up, yeah. and going for it. And 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 what strikes me as is so great about it is that I think a couple things. First, I think that it doesn't surprise me that God is moving because you guys are in a position where He has yeah, that's to right. move. I mean, nothing about what you're doing no, makes sense. I mean, I don't. You have no. You have no permission, which means, in theory, you should be shut yep. down at any minute. the The show, it, it, despite your best efforts, it's it's not. I think what you guys would admit, it's not like this this art masterpiece. No. I mean, you're just pulling it together with the. You have no, no power. We that run the whole thing on a car battery, right? So, so you have literally no power. So you're 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 just doing your best to to put this thing together. And so so the first thing that strikes me is that that God's moving. Because he has well, to and move. I, Because if he doesn't move, the whole thing would absolutely, be kind of ridiculous.
1: Also, there's this state of emergency. So there's even that heightened uh, tension in the country. So yeah. there's no way it should happen. But it's because God is so wanting these people to hear about him. And because we're willing to take the risk and we're willing to do this crazy stuff, he's just with us in supernatural ways. And we've huh. already—I have the statistics here— We've been able to preach to three thousand four hundred and eighty people a hundred and ninety five have signed up for a Turkish Bible correspondence course, and a hundred and thirty three have asked that someone would contact them personally to talk about jesus, and that's in mm-hmm. Turkey I mean yeah. this is like amazing, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, you have to understand that context i mean there are I mean, again, I've heard around 5,000 believers in a yeah. country of 80 yeah. million people. So those statistics are, are yeah. ridiculous. I mean, that's it mind-boggling. is mind-boggling.
1: And in one of the shows that we got shut down, uh, where was that? They had, like, uh, Luke Weir prayed with, like, six young Turkish guys. What city was that? Yeah, that was two nights ago. And uh, we did our first show, which was amazing. But then the second one, we had maybe 500 people at that show. And right at the part where the girl is abused, someone comes behind the curtain where I was and said, you have to stop. And I thought, stop? How am I going to stop? It's not going to make any sense. So I just kind of walked out and and just ex- gave this explanation of a, how God cries for our hurt and, and and did a very short preaching. And while the police were telling us to hurry up and get off the street, Luke we're our manager prayed with six young guys who gave their life to Jesus. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I, again,
0: I to to extrapolate you know some some general ideas out of this again what I already mentioned is that that first I think we need to be putting ourselves in positions where God has to move. You know, I think that that's a big problem You know, we have become so methodology-focused. We have become so about strategy. You know, I think especially—and again, I don't want to just bash the Western church or the American church or whatever, or or Christian artists. But I think we have become so hung up in, well, you have to do it this way, and that's not going to work, and this isn't cool. And and, and then even when we hear amazing testimonies, we still find ways to dismiss that by saying, oh, that's not going to be possible here. And to me, it's just— we have seen so much evidence throughout this entire tour. I mean, I think of this whole tour yeah. that we've been on. Not just the Turkey part, but uh an unplanned tour of Albania where we play thirteen shows in thirteen yeah. days. To twenty thousand know, people. I, I think of Right, to twenty thousand people. I think about the fact that we are supposed to go to Russia that totally falls through. God allows one of the come and live artists in our in our world, new techie, to go and they preach for seventy five hundred yeah. people. I think about just all of the, the the crazy obstacles we've overcome, even the 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 in our own team, how so many of our team members were these last second recruits that we were desperately looking for people to be part of what we were doing and it just was not happening, and then God just brought exactly the right people. And so I think I think a general encouraging principle for me is we need to we need to be putting ourselves in positions where where God has to move, but I think also we just need to take risks and go for it and not overcomplicate things. I, I think that's what, what hearing these reports from you guys is, is just, it's, it's emphasizing even more in my mind that we just make things way too complicated. We find reasons why things are not possible. And I think quite frankly, we manufacture whatever we do, do is so about us and our methods and our programs that in some places I don't think we leave room for God to move at all. Uh, And and we have very human results, and I don't think it's a big surprise. Well, and it
1: it was really a challenge for me because we just came from doing these big stage shows with this amazing equipment and production and everything, and then to do this kind of humble, crazy street show run by a car battery and it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, but the fact that we are willing to do it however we can do it is, I think, why God is moving the way he is. And then also to take a risk, I was talking on my Facebook page about how we needed people to pray for us because we were going to Turkey during this tense time and we are going to do these street shows without permission during the state of emergency. And then one of the comments I got on my post was, well, now, does that doesn't sound very sensible. Go to Turkey during a state of emergency and do an illog- illegal street shows. And I thought, yeah, you're going to be a real world changer, aren't you? You know, there's always people saying why you shouldn't do things. And I think if we're going to change the world, we got to take risks. We have to be, be willing to be foolish. Yeah.
2: Well, one thing is I've been overwhelmed by the harvest here in Turkey. Uh, really, I, I just since day one, I'm like, we need, <laughs> there need to be more workers in Turkey. Um, because there's so many people so open. And I think we give into fear so much because of what David was saying, not taking risk. We want to go like kind of the cushy route. Like I'll go to a place that like, I might not get super persecuted and like maybe file papers or something. You know, I don't know, but I just see this is a place that people are hungry and, and I would say even desperate to hear the gospel. They really want to know yeah, the truth do. here. Um, and so that's just something that it's it's so evident, because like David said as well, our shows in a practical sense are so underwhelming. Um, you know, as a musician, it's almost laughable. I'm just like, this is not, you know, we're not playing at the degree of what we could do, but it doesn't matter. Like we're we're here, we're doing right. it because we're being obedient and God's using our little battery powered speakers that the levels are would make any sound man in the US cringe and people are being saved
1: and they're saying they're blown away yeah they're, they're saying, saying it's this the is best the most performance amazing thing i've ever seen but the reason is because they feel the holy spirit in what we're doing and so no. it's just
2: like yeah. it it just comes back to are you willing to to just give give yourself up for the sake of the Gospel like are you willing to to right. to really risk risk everything um, and just be obedient because again it's like we can't take right. any credit for this It's like we're just here, right. but you know uh, on an outside perspective it's like we don't have permission to be here it's a state of emergency. if we step out and even pull out our equipment, we can be shut down immediately they can just see us and say nope, not happening you know you did and not only that if they really wanted to they could do much worse and so it's just something that we're yeah, we're yeah. here literally just in the hand of god just saying okay lord like do what you want to do right um and he's doing things and so it's just it's so great that i we really can't take credit <laughs> for
1: it it's a huge it's a huge privilege right. really it's been amazing. And don't you don't you think it's so
0: like God in a way like even as I'm reflecting on this situation now it feels very David and Goliath-esque mm-hmm. in Absolutely. the sense that you here in, in many ways this is the biggest battle of the yeah. tour, right? Like if you think of it in terms of where would you want your biggest mm-hmm. guns, you know, where mm-hmm. would you want your where would you want your, to bring everything that you can because this is the most exactly. dire situation. This is where you and yet God has you bring just this little weapon exactly. into this huge fight. And it just is so to me it's it's so typical of the way God operates. It's very like oh the the odds are completely against you. This doesn't make any sense. I'll send a shepherd boy with some stones. And and that kind of feels like this in the sense that I'm going to make it so obvious that you know, but then also God and I think God in his wisdom had it be this way because in a sense for all of the maybe the practical um, failings of of the show. It's also very mobile. It's you're able to do like like we mentioned right on the beginning in the beginning of the podcast. You're able to do two shows every night, which has increased your exposure. I mean, you listen to those, you look at those numbers, and that those numbers would make a lot of bands blush. In terms of that, would be great. A lot of bands would happily take those numbers as a very successful
1: major. Well, our tour. smallest show was um, about 130 people our average show is between two and 300. And we've had anywhere from four to 500 in our bigger ones. And those are, which
0: is crazy. I don't even know how people can hear slash see given those numbers. But this
1: is what's so amazing about it. And I think your example, your David and Goliath examples are really a good, a good illustration of what is going on here for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, we don't, our heart in these road reports is not to turn the Provoke and Inspire podcast into just the No Longer Music Recap podcast. But I think consistently through the three episodes, I feel like uh, there's really been unique things drawn out out of each place that God has brought us in the tour, the unique challenges and fruit that we are seeing in each place. And I would really, I think, Kind of use this as a springboard into a new season of the Provoke and Inspire podcast, or whatever it is that God is is doing in your life, whether you're an artist or not. Um, our heart is to provoke and inspire people inside the church to get outside of the church to take risks to tell people about Jesus. That's that is really the heart of of why we do what we do. And I think that this our heart, and I I think it would be very sad if if what you got out of this was wow. They're crazy, you know, doing such an, you know, not sensible thing, but rather that God rewards those who take risks and that that it is not impossible and that there is a, there is something, there's an equivalent in your context that might seem crazy on paper, but God will show up in those places and move. And we, it's, it's. It's as as hard as people maybe want to believe it is, but it's also much easier than I think we think it is or make it out to be. I think we, we, we look at all of the practical obstacles and we say, there's no way we can do this. We have to have everything perfect. And more often than not, we either do nothing or we do things that are so human. And so we've so manufactured God out of the picture that we shouldn't be surprised at the minimal fruit that we experience. So anyway, one last night, um... And uh, it's it's been it's been awesome to watch. It's been hard to watch from a distance for me. I you know I I did every every show on this tour but two, and so of course it's hard not to be in the in the trenches with you guys. But it's been it's been crazy to watch. I hope I mean I believe it'll lead to more, uh, not just for us. Uh, and hopefully, not only will this example inspire others to believe and to know that they can reach the Middle East for Jesus. But you know this documentary again that I keep mentioning on the twenty sixth of September. I think it. I'd really highly encourage you to watch that. Uh, It's. um, I will give more information about that both on the Come and Live uh, website and the Facebook page, uh, and also on future podcasts, um, because I think that really also breaks down this myth that it's impossible to to reach Muslims for Jesus. Absolutely, it's 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 the biggest lie,
1: and it's the biggest. One of the biggest barriers is fear, and uh, you need just need to step through that and and you'll be amazed at what how God will move really absolutely oh by the way by the way all right uh, well nigel yes uh oh, gosh i don't know what's going on with him but Isn't he's it, he's been
0: are not the origins of nigel ironically
1: in well, turkey we first met nigel <laughs>
0: in istanbul correct we really should have we should have had wilson on explaining how wilson by the way is our local turkish uh organizer promoter wild willie wilson of course uh and he has this hilarious story of how, how Nigel the Clown first arrived in Istanbul wearing, it was like a super hot day. I'm going to paraphrase it. It was like 100 degrees and he's wearing like rubber rain boots up to his knees and like these like really huge, he has this giant umbrella, of course, because he's a clown and he has like 150 bags and he like call, he calls up Wilson. He's like, you got to come get me. Although I'm not sure if he said anything. That's a mystery that we well, might have he... discovered.
1: Yeah, I don't know how did he tell Wilson he was there.
0: Maybe he's still there. Huh. Anyway, so we'll leave that uh we'll leave that cliffhanger uh to uh, to draw you into the next episode in which we'll probably forget that we ever mentioned that. So, uh thanks for listening to the third uh road report. Uh we will be kicking off uh a new season of Provoke and Inspire uh starting in mid-September, so we're excited to do that. And uh, we hope these have been encouraging uh, and kind of kept momentum going for you. Uh, and uh, thanks for your patience as we've been out there doing the things that we talk about, which I think is really important because it's not theory. It's, and I think you can, uh, you know, hopefully you can hear that, that when we're talking about these things, they're things we are experiencing and in our own lives. And I think that's what gives authority to what we say. So thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.
2: Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.